I have reached that point in life where I think each and every day is a passing testament that I am officially old. I was told yesterday that I was old. And they were right because I'm outdated in some ways. But you know what's not outdated? The eternal truth of our faith. And I'm enjoying it. I've, I've always wanted to be old. And as Dr. Seuss once said, you're only old once. Let's pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, it is 7.01 a.m. on this Thursday morning, October 6th. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven on Covenant Network and not actually old. I'm, I'm midlife. And I am Adam Wright with you. It was a, a great conversation because it was a great reminder for me that as I go about the work of evangel- evangelization, sometimes those things that I think are so relevant and so appropriate to use as a vehicle of communications or a, a method of getting something out there to the world, I'm reminded that not everybody uses that method and I have to step outside of my bubble and look at how others are existing in the world Today, I mean, can you imagine if our method of evangelization here on Covenant Network wasn't radio but was telegraph? I mean, how many people have a telegraph machine in their homes? How many people know Morse code? Would that be an effective means of communication? Well, 100 years ago, it was a very effective means of communication, sending telegrams across the telegraph wires. But today we have the radio and, well, we use the radio. We also have the Internet. We have face-to-face conversations, which is probably the best way to evangelize that and so much more so it was a good reminder for me adam step out of the bubble today on the show we are going to be talking with steve wood you've heard steve on our airwaves before on friday mornings uh, every other friday he has faith and family right here at 10 30 a.m we're also going to be hearing from patty schneier we've got a catechist from for you and some other goodies throughout the show today so that's what's ahead um You know, we were remarking last night uh, that we've reached that time of the year where this time of the morning you probably want a jacket as you go to the car. But you got to be careful because when you get in the car in the afternoon, you don't need the jacket anymore. So what do you do? You either leave it on your desk at work or in your locker at school or in the vehicle when you get home. And then you're like, oh, where did I put my jacket? It's cold this morning. It's chilly. And you're not prepared. Well, we want to be prepared. So let's go to Mike Roberts to find out what we are in store for today. Today is the feast day of St. Bruno. Born in Germany in the 11th century, his parents were from a prominent family in Cologne. As a young man, he studied in Reims, France, and then returned home to dedicate his life to the Lord, becoming a priest in 1055. One year later, he was asked by the bishop to return to Reims, where he was directed to lead a school, which he did for the next 18 years. His students flourished, and one of them became Pope Urban II. In his mid-40s, Bruno was appointed Chancellor of the Archdiocese and became a significant supporter of Gregory II and his fight against clerical abuse. For his efforts to remove a corrupt bishop, his house was nearly destroyed. Bruno longed for the contemplative life and sought a journey in solitude and prayer. Ultimately, he was given land in eastern France where he started a new community, 
the Carthusians, dedicated to prayer, silence, and manuscripts. But Bruno himself was called to Rome to help support the Pope. After he was offered a position as bishop, which he refused, he instead started another new order in Calibria, Italy, and died on this day in 1101. St. Bruno, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. Our catechiz question today is a quote of the day, and I want to know if you can identify who said the quote. Here is the quote, and I'll give you a clue. It's from the Scriptures. In fact, it's from the New Testament. Beloved, let us love one another, because love is of God. Everyone who loves is begotten by God and knows God. Whoever is without love does not know God, for God is love. Any guesses on who said that? Now, you might be tempted to say, well, it was our Lord, but, you know, Adam, something's not sitting right with me, because why would our Lord refer to uh, God in that way? Wouldn't he refer to his father, uh, you know, which is a good way of looking at it, because you're right, it's not our Lord. Now, some might say it was St. Peter or St. Paul, and St. Paul would be a very good guess as well. Um, You know, he's written so much of the New Testament, and he wrote in 1 Corinthians Chapter 13, that great passage, faith, hope, and love remain, and the greatest of these is love. Uh, But it wasn't St. Paul either. In fact, it was the Apostle John. And it's not in the Gospel of John, but it's actually in 1 John chapter 4. It's one of my favorite passages of Scripture. Beloved, let us love one another because love is of God. Everyone who loves is begotten by God and knows God. Whoever is without love does not know God, for God is love. In this way, the love of God was revealed to us. God sent his only Son into the world so that we might have life through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as expiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also must love one another. I love it. I love it. It's one of my favorite passages of Scripture. It is a, uh, a a great a great passage of the Scripture, and I encourage you to look it up. First John chapter four in the New Testament, and remember, as Father Hollowell just said, as we've been saying all along, it might in- require you to get out of your comfort zone, get out of the norm, to evangelize, to witness, to be there, ready to love someone who so desperately needs it. Think of how many people in this world are desperately seeking truth. They're desperately seeking our Lord without even knowing that it's our Lord that they're seeking and and thinking that they don't want anything to do with our faith. And yet we know that in our Lord, in our God, lie all the answers and all the consolation we could ever hope for. We're going to take a break here on Roadmap to Heaven. When we come back, Patty Schneier will be with us. A Prayer to Redeem Lost Time by St. Teresa of Avila O my God, source of all mercy, I acknowledge your sovereign power. While recalling the wasted years that are past, I believe that you, Lord, can in an instant turn this loss to gain. Miserable as I am, yet I firmly believe that you can do all things. Please restore to me the time lost, giving me your grace, both now and in the future, that I may appear before you in wedding garments. Amen.
We are back. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. It's always a joy to have Patty Schneier with us in the studio. Patty, so good to see you today. Good morning, Adam. Great to be here. You know, if we were making a list of things that Adam Wright and Patty Schneier have in common, there are two that come to mind right away. Covenant Network and minivans. There you go. You know, <laughs> what a friendship. We we went to lunch recently, friends, and and Patty was talking about this that you know, she is she has her minivan and you you really don't have a reason so much for a minivan. <laughs> like I I have 5 kids and I've got 5 car seats and a car won't work. We have to have at a minimum a minivan. And and you were in that phase at one point, but now you just love having your minivan. Well, my kids are grown, of course, and they I'm an empty nester and and so yes, one would think why do I love my minivan and why do I think I still need one? And it's really not about the minivan. It's about the seasons of life that we are in. And now I have a 89-year-old mother-in-law and two parents that are 83 and 80. And we pick up the grandparents and we take them on outings and go places with them. And so I'm in the way back because I'm the one that can crawl back there. And we all go for drives. And again, if we pick up someone else in the family that wants to go with us. So it's just what season of life you may be in. Um, and there are different seasons all of which are beautiful in their own way. And we were joking, of course, about the need for a minivan in all of the seasons. But yes, we're in different stages of life, but each one is beautiful and can bring us closer to our Lord in so many ways. I look back at my life so far, and I I see a common theme here and there. That is this temptation to get out of the lane that I'm in because I want to be in a different lane. You know, we we talk sometimes on the show about Rome, the the eternal city, the the church's capital, Vatican City is in Rome. And I have the great fortune of going to Rome for $200 or something ridiculous like that for World Youth Day. We did all this fundraising. We got to go to the Colosseum. We got to go to St. Peter's. We got to go to the, uh, the, the Holy Steps that they moved from the Holy Land to Rome. The very steps leading up to the Praetorium where Pontius Pilate sentenced our Lord to die, and, and, and all of my friends were going up in prayer on their knees. And I am embarrassed to say, where was Adam right and all this? He was outside watching all the beautiful girls that were there for World Youth Day walk on by. I wasn't where I needed to be. I was where I wanted to be, and I missed out on so much. And, you know, fast forward a little bit. In my early 20s, I was just so focused on, I want to be married and I want to be having kids. And it wasn't really a question of, God, what are you calling me to today? It's, God, which one of these women walking around are the, is the one you're calling me to marry? It's like a scavenger hunt here. And finally, someone said, Adam, you have to stop. You have to recognize that you may, God willing, get to that point, but that's not where you are today. You need to live where God has put you today and ask him, how do I live my vocation as a single person. And Patty, I think this is a big temptation for a lot of us. We think about later and where we want to be later. We get fixated on that to the point that we ignore today. True. And we also do this, I think, very often as we compare our life right now to someone else's, and they may be in a different stage of life than we are, and we want what they have. You know, the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. I remember when my children were very young and my family room would be filled with Legos and toys, just filled. And all I wanted was a clean house. That's all I wanted was a clean house. Remember one time my, my mom came over and I was all embarrassed because, you know, my house was a mess because there were Legos everywhere on my family room floor. And she just looked at me and goes, you're not in that stage of life. You're in the stage of life of Legos. So go with it. 
right? You just have to, you have to recognize what stage of life you're in, accept the limitations of that stage of life, but then also turn that into gratitude and joy for being in that state of life so that you don't miss out. I mean, I would have missed out on the joy of Legos, right? Of playing with Legos. That was just, I mean, that's a crazy example, but it, it's just spoke to quit comparing yourself to someone else's and enjoy where you are, even with the trials, the struggles, and the limitations, because every state of life has it. First off, it's not a ridiculous example because I am in that phase right now, and I am so happy to hear that one day it may it may end because right now if you walk into our living room any given day, you are going to have to contend with the Legos, the 35 mismatched tennis shoes, and, and all of those things. But as you said, you know, I've got... I've got my son, who is the most brilliant Lego engineer I have ever met. And don't miss out on those Lego opportunities with him. Exactly. We wouldn't have right. those moments where he just floors us with his ingenuity mm. if we didn't have the Legos. Or our daughters, their art supplies are all over the house, and I'm constantly picking up markers and papers, and yet they are starting to draw some of the most beautiful drawings. I'm, I'm tempted to skip the gift that it is because I want the clean house. Well, exactly. I mean, I, there's so many examples of that. Before. I also remember I wanted to be able to have flowers, you know, landscaping and flowers and water flowers. I was not in that stage of life until just now. I'm now 55 years old and I'm finally able where I can water flowers. I have that time and that's a stage of life that I can enter into. But before I didn't have time for flowers. I didn't have time for landscaping or yard work. But wherever you are and whatever it is that's a priority in your life, Make that your prayer. Make that your prayer. So when you are cleaning up those Legos for the hundredth time and you're angry that you have to, you know, fold laundry for the hundredth time, that's where you can turn that into your prayer and offer that up for God and start thanking God for all of the little things that are associated with whatever task, whatever season of life you are in. Again, I'm at a season of life of I visit people that are homebound and elderly and in hospitals, and I take care of and do things with elderly parents right now. And I wouldn't trade one minute of being able to do that um, with with the people that are, God has placed in my life now to nurture and care for. You know, St. Paul exhorts in his writings that we should pray always without ceasing. And this is a great way to do it, is to sanctify every moment of the day that God has given you. So, you know, Patty mentioned praying while doing those things, whether it's the diaper change for those of you that have children in diapers. I am very grateful to have passed, God willing, the time being, I don't know. I am very grateful that right now we are not in that phase of diapers. Maybe we'll be back to it. I don't know. Um, but I look at the load of laundry that we have in the basement and seven people, that's a lot of laundry. I probably have about 200 rosaries waiting for me to pray if I say one Hail Mary for every piece of clothing that needs to be folded sitting sure. in baskets in our basement right now. But it really is a great opportunity. And I know that's a large part of what you do, whether it's your, your morning routine of your holy hour and your walks and your visiting with people. God's called Patty Schneier to something that's different than what you know, we may have the minivan and Covenant Network in common, but everything else, we're called to two separate things. And that's not a bad thing. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. And to just start having an eye of gratitude for where whatever stage of life you're in. And some of those tr- struggles and trials are real. Um, again, I'm just going to use my own example right now is all of a sudden I'm starting to get arthritis for the first time 
a painful arthritis. And I'm thinking, okay, is this a new stage of life where I'm entering? And is this going to be my new companion? And that may be hard, but I want to, if, if, if this is something that is going to be a permanent part of my life as I journey into the future, I want to be able to embrace it. I want to be able to grow in holiness through it. I don't want to complain about what state of life I'm in because I've had way too many blessings. And, and so even if you are in a difficult state of life right now, whether it's sickness, whether it's caring for someone else who is sick as a caregiver, whether it's things that are being stripped away from you, maybe your independence or your mobility or your eyesight or hearing loss, you know, each stage of life, in order for us to embrace it, we have to renounce some things and we have to be stripped away. But whatever it is we're being stripped of, um, there, there is where we say, Lord, strip me of everything that is not of you. In this moment, in this season of my life, I want to give you glory and honor as I do the menial, maybe tasks or chores for the hundredth time or experience suffering. Let that be your pathway to holiness. A former coworker of mine once said something uh, that really struck me when we were just talking about life and, and some of the difficulties that her family was facing, some of the difficulties my family was facing. And she had a husband—well, she still has a husband, but her husband traveled for his job, and there were a lot of opportunities for travel to amazing places. Sometimes he would need to go. Sometimes it was, can you go? And if not, it's not that big of a deal. And they finally came to a place where they said, listen, we have to remember that every time we say yes to something, we are saying no to something else. Mm -hmm. And so right now, my Friday nights are not filled with going out to hear lots of wonderful music groups and, and going out to different restaurants and, and having a good time with all these people I can meet. It's Legos and barbecued hot dogs. And that's okay, because to say, well, no, I want to go hear the band play somewhere, I'd be saying no to my children. And that's not okay. And sometimes, I'll be honest, I struggle with jealousy on this a lot. Why does this person get to go do this? And, and I have to remember, you shall not covet your neighbor's goods. For the longest time, I thought that meant, well, my neighbor's got the flashy car or the big screen TV, and I really want his TV or I really want his car. It, it can be very unhealthy for us to look at the highlights of someone else's life and say, I'm, I want that, to the point that we ignore the beauty that God has set right in front of us. So every day, friends, every day, midday examine, end of the day examination of conscience. What is something you are grateful for? Name it at midday. Do the same thing when you do your full examination of conscience at night. Don't just look at what you've done or failed to do that, that you need to go to confession for or you need to do better the next day. Write it in a journal. Write it down. Keep a list. Do something to keep track of all the wonderful things God is doing in your life. Because when you look at the season that you're in, or you look at the lane that you're in, and you are constantly taking note of the beautiful things God is doing in your life, I promise you, you will find even more. But when you're so focused on something else, you're not going to see what he's doing right in front of you. And just remember that to everything there is a season, and the seasons go by so quickly. What is it here in St. Louis every every winter? Like, oh, I wish it were summer. And then as soon as 90 <laughs> degrees and 2,000% humidity hits in St. Louis, what? Is, oh, remember when it was 10 degrees in winter? I wish we were back to the 10 degrees. Exactly. We're fickle people. We always want what we can't have. But if you think about it, we are blessed to have four seasons, right, in our just the calendar year. 
And each one of them is uniquely beautiful. So it's kind of the same way with life. To everything, there is a season, and each season of life has a gift to enjoy and also probably a trial and a struggle that is to stretch us and to help us grow. Well, Patty, I am grateful for the gift that this moment has been to be with you on the show. Always good to have you here. It's always a pleasure, Adam. Friends, you're listening to Roadmap to Heaven on Covenant Network. We will be back after this. Prayer in a Time of Waiting All-powerful and ever-living God, guard our churches, our homes, our schools, our hospitals, our factories, and all the places where we gather. Deliver us from harm and peril. Protect our land and the peoples from enemies within and without. Grant an early peace with victory founded upon justice. Instill in the hearts and minds of men and women everywhere a firm purpose to live forever in peace and goodwill toward all. This we ask through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our next guest is one you've heard here on Covenant Network before. On Friday mornings, you can catch Faith and Family with Steve Wood at 10.30 a.m. But today we're happy to have Steve with us on Roadmap to Heaven as we begin a series of conversations talking about marriage and specifically preparing for marriage. But I think in all of this, we're all going to find things that if we are in that vocation currently, we might be able to apply to our marriages. And Steve, as we begin, you know, here's the thing. This is near and dear to my heart, even though I don't do marriage preparation, because I remember a little over 13 years ago, my wife and I were in the thick of marriage preparation, and we kept being told one thing, oh, you two love our Lord, you love our church, you're so Catholic, you'll be fine. And it overlooked the fact that neither of us had been married before, and we didn't know how to be married. And sure enough, five years in, we found ourselves in marriage counseling, figuring out the things I wish we would have known going into it. So I want to thank you for being with us here today. Well, thank you, Adam. And and actually, what you said is a great first point, because many Christians think that somehow, because we're Christians, we're immune from having marriage problems. No, we're human beings, and we bring our strength and our weaknesses into a marriage, and both are amplified. So it's a great intro that you gave us that a lot of people are surprised that because they have a strong Christian faith, well, that means I won't have marriage problems, and that's why we're here today. Well, I know there's a big question out there right now, and it's that question of if we were to reevaluate marriage prep, is it a question of spending more time on it, or is it a question of making our time more effective? Because I know a lot of couples, you know, they say we are so in love, and the church asks us to wait six months so we can do this preparation. So we're going to wait exactly six months, but we're ready to dive in as soon as possible. Well, you know, this has actually come to the forefront because the Vatican has recognized and rightly recognized that the marriage prep as it exists is too weak for the forces facing marriage today. So they put forward a suggestion, recommendation, whatever, that to double that time from six months to 12 months. Now, I think that may not be the wisest step given our cultural situation. I'll explain that in a minute. But I'm all on board with the need to strengthen marriage prep because we just can't keep doing what we're doing. It's The success isn't here. But here's the number one reason why I think we need to increase the effectiveness without doubling its length. And I noticed this first because I made a record for myself. In December of 1996, I announced 
at a conference that I felt the Catholic Church was headed into a marriage crisis with young couples. Namely, they were just avoiding getting married uh, in the Church. In other words, refusing to recognize their marriage, incorporate their faith in their marriage. And uh, I remember the conference I was at, MC for the conference just made a joke of my point. He obviously didn't think much of it. The nun, local nun who was doing marriage prep, rushed up to me and said, no, you're absolutely right. They're, they're disappearing. And what has happened is that just between the year 2000, which wasn't that that long ago, and 2012, 12 years, church weddings in the United States dropped by 40%. This is unheard of. And so basically young people are avoiding church marriage. Some of it has to do with the length of time, which you mentioned. By doubling that, we could be pushing more young Catholic couples into zero marriage prep because they're avoiding it altogether. And there was an editorial, it was a cover story on Sunday Visitor. It says, Marital Mystery, where did all the Catholic weddings go? And it talked about the drop in Catholic weddings. But they said, in recent years, dioceses around the country have beefed up their marriage preparation requirements significantly, and that's good. But ironically, the stiffened requirements particularly if perceived or presented as simply bureaucratic hurdles, may be discouraging couples from marrying in the Church. So really what we can do is increase the effectiveness of marriage preparation, and I'm going to give you a bunch of these as we go through our session together, but it's very critical because parents, you might have children in preschool at this point, but believe me, one of the important phases of parenting isn't just getting through the teen years and go, whew, I'm glad that's over. Your parenting isn't over because as your children get to the age of choosing a life partner and how they do that, whether or not they include their faith in that, this is going to take on huge implications because it is going to directly and immediately affect your grandchildren and perhaps even your great-grandchildren. So this is something we all want to buy into. Well, Steve, I think you got to something really important in all of that. It's that it's not a bureaucratic hurdle, and I don't think at the heart of anything the Church asks us to do is do this for the sake of jumping through this hoop. It's actually... You know, do you want to have a great marriage? Do you want to have a successful marriage? Do you want to avoid unnecessary pitfalls and know how to engage and go through the trouble spots together on a solid foundation? And so I look forward to these conversations over the next couple of weeks. Well, great. I'm just delighted to be with you and with the listeners of the Covenant Network. We're glad to have you here, Steve Wood. You can hear him on Fridays with Faith and Family. Uh, check our schedule at ourcatholicradio.org to find out the specifics on that. Until next week, uh, Steve, it's great to have you with us. We're going to take a break here on Roadmap to Heaven. Stay tuned. Prayer to St. Juan Diego of Guadalupe. O oh, St. Juan Diego, in the appearances of Our Lady of Guadalupe, you, a humble peasant, were chosen as her messenger. Your faithfulness in this task is evident still today in the miraculous image the Virgin left upon your tilma. Intercede for me, I pray, that I might have your childlike trust in the Mother of God, and that my heart might respond to her maternal promptings. 
Through such simple confidence, obedience, and love, may I join you one day in sharing everlasting joy where our Heavenly Mother reigns in the glory of her Son. Amen. At the beginning of this week, Patty said that we are going to be talking about Saints of October and the Daily Dose of Encouragement. And Patty, you named so many great saints. I just kind of wonder, are you picking these out of a hat so we know which one to go with today? No, I just, to be honest, there are so many great saints in October, and there's no way we can cover all of them. But for this first week of the month, I just thought we should hear maybe some of them that we know very well, but maybe some of them that we don't know in some of their prayers and quotes. So today, actually, we're going to talk about St. Bruno of Cologne. Now, I'll be honest, I I don't have a huge devotion to St. Bruno of Cologne, nor have I heard very much about him. But I thought, let's go to some of maybe the obscure ones as well. He's the founder of the Carthusian Order, so I dare say he's not some minor obscure saint. He founded the Carthusians, and his feast day is October 6th. He lived in the Middle Ages. And here's what he said, this quote that was what I loved. It really struck me. He said, while the world changes the cross stands firm. And this turned into actually the motto of the Carthusians, which states, the cross is steady while the world turns. That's the motto of their order. And I keep thinking of all of us right now. I know we all think the world is going crazy. This world is spinning out of control. But all we need to remember is the cross is steady. The cross is always there. We can stay under the cross. We need to keep our eyes fixed on the cross, and we need to just stay underneath the cross no matter what happens, no matter how crazy the world may be. So maybe that's our prayer today. Lord, just keep me under your cross. Don't let me leave there. Stay there, adoring our Lord, thanking our Lord, praising him, and and stay under the cross, under his protection of the cross as well. So I thought that was just a great thought. Uh, It's from St. Bruno of Cologne. No matter what happens, the cross is steady. Words to live by, and I am so glad that you have shared them with us today. Patty, I don't want to wrap this week up, but luckily we still have tomorrow. And until then, I am just so excited for this week's topic on the Daily Dose of Encouragement. I'd like to remind you, in fact, all of us here would like to remind you that tomorrow is the first Friday of the month of October, so let's attend to those first Friday devotions, and of course, it's a very easy one, and so what's your reason for not doing it, some might ask. Tomorrow, we're called to go to Mass to receive Holy Communion, which requires that we be in a state of grace, so you may need to go to confession. You know, I don't. I'm not here to... uh, say one way or another. I'm just here to say that the requirements say go to Mass and receive Holy Communion, and the Church requires that you be in a state of grace to receive Holy Communion. And then pray in reparation for sins against the Sacred Heart, or pray and or, I I like to say and, pray in honor of the Sacred Heart. Um, But turn that devotion to the Sacred Heart of our Lord. First Friday every month, he asks us to do it nine consecutive first Fridays. The beautiful thing is when you get to number nine, you can start over and make another nine. It's no limit on how many first Fridays you can make, but please do make nine in a row. Um, it's not first Saturday. That was last Saturday. This is one of those odd months that we are split. Tomorrow morning on the show, we're going to have a very special edition of the Roadmap Roundup, there is a vocations conference going on in our listening area over in the Diocese of Belleville that will begin tomorrow evening and go through Saturday, sponsored by the uh, regional Sarah Clubs. And we want to pray for vocations. You know, whether 
you, you hear me talk about being a Saren sometimes, whether you're in the Sarah Club or not. We all need to pray for vocations. We're going to talk about that tomorrow with Mike Downey, but we're also going to have uh, Patty Schneier and Sister Mary Carolyn Noons with us for the Roadmap Roundup, which will be a treat in and of itself. So tune in for that tomorrow morning right here on Covenant Network at 7 a.m. We would want to remind you as well to... Uh, Heed those words of Our Lady of Fatima this October. Pray the rosary every day. I would encourage you, if you don't know much about the Fatima apparitions, there's some really great summaries out there. Um, Look them up. How many times did the Blessed Mother appear to the children at Fatima? Was it always on the same day? And usually the answer to that is yes. There were some times that the, uh, the leaders tried to foil the Blessed Mother, but she worked around that because she's amazing. Uh, but look up the messages of Fatima. If you don't know them, if you've never looked them up, it's worth taking the time to do. It might change your motivation to pray the rosary and get you to pray it each and every day. Let's pray a prayer of thanksgiving for today's show. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Our Lady Queen of the Rosary, pray for us. St. Joseph, terror of demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Here's a thought for you I saw a little bit earlier this morning. Uh, There is no shortage of things being said in our world, but there is a lack of wisdom. So may we pray for that gift of the Holy Spirit we received at our confirmation. Pray for wisdom to know what God's calling us to. For Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. You've been listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Pray your rosary today.